Man, I'm having so much fun. This is a $1.6 trillion industry. I'm talking about the food and beverage space. If you're not having fun, you're in the wrong place. Yes, it's hard work, but my gosh, the companies, the brands, the flavors, the experiences, the missions, it's fantastic. But some of the brands are different, better, and special. They're the ones who are able to really compete and vie for customer loyalty. Look, I know you want to make your brand different, better, and special. I know you yourself want to be different, better, and special. That's my mission. That's why you're here. Join me on this journey as I interview CEOs and founders from all the different companies within the food and beverage industry so we can discover what they're doing, so we can take that information back, digest it, and become better ourselves and to help our companies take on different strategies, pick the right technology, pick the right partners, and of course, you got to have great taste in food. you got to have great taste in beverages, packaged goods. If it doesn't taste good, you're lost. I'm sorry. You're going to lose millions. If you're new here, take the five-episode challenge. Go back, pick out some brands, some CEOs, some topics. If you love the content, subscribe. You're going to find it on every podcast platform once or twice a week. But I also publish them on LinkedIn because that's where we kind of hang out. So when you see it on LinkedIn... Stop by, make a comment, share it back into your food and beverage network. I would appreciate it. The brands would appreciate it. To all my loyal listeners, thank you so much. You guys are awesome. Thank you for being with me on this journey. Thanks for coming along on this mission for the past two years. If you are considering a strategic job change, message me. Let's have a confidential conversation. If your brand is growing and you need to attract experts, you also need to contact me because I have created a different, better, and special recruiting system. I promise you, no other search firm in America is doing that. Who am I? I'm Tony Moore. I'm an expert food and beverage headhunter, semi-professional podcaster, and I'm here each and every week. Stay tuned for this week's episode. Howdy, everybody. Welcome to the Food and Beverage Report for May. I hope everyone had a great Cinco de Mayo. I did not. I am on a what's called uh, an effective but not very fun diet. My wife and I are both doing the same thing. We decided it was time to take off a few LBs. Sorry, probably shouldn't have mentioned the wife in that comment. But anyway, uh, <laughs> um. Yeah, the situation is that I, I'm a cyclist and imagine strapping like a 25-pound weight on your back or in my case, my front. And yeah, think about you know putting on a backpack, throwing in an additional 25 pounds and going out and riding with everyone, trying to keep up on the hills during the sprints. It's impossible. So I got speed shamed into realizing, yeah, maybe it's time to do a little bit of uh, – slimming down, trimming down. So part of our diet is that we have protein, beans, any kind of bean you want pretty much, plus uh, vegetables every meal. So it's a carb restriction. So we're busy, you know, you kind of get into the routine of things and we haven't really expanded out to much more beyond black beans and refried beans. So what goes best with that is kind of that Mexican feel. So I feel like for the past three weeks, I've been eating some variation of Mexican food. So when Cinco de Mayo came around, the last thing I wanted to do 
was go out and celebrate with more Mexican. And of course, you can't really drink. So I hope y'all had a good time. You had a few for me. Me, on the other hand, I am looking forward to my cheat day once a week. I choose Saturday. I can go out and I can eat pretty much whatever I want. I've got a great little bagel shop down the street. I will be checking in with them and getting some of my favorite delicacies down there. And I don't know about you guys, but um, I'm going somewhere with this on when this comment. But I have found that by cutting out lots of carbs, I don't feel like as bloated. Okay, yes, TMI, but I, I don't feel as bloated. And I have lost weight. I've lost probably of those 25 pounds I wanted to lose. I think I'm like 12, maybe 13 pounds down. So that's good. I'm I'm approaching halfway of what I want to do. It kind of leads me to my first news story that you might not have seen, but Papa John's is planning to open nearly 2,000 stores by the end of 2025. And I'm thinking, 2,000 more stores in the United States? Do we really need that many more? Every corner I drive through, pretty much up here in Atlanta, you can find a pizza place. I'm thinking, really, do we need that much more? But you dig into the article a little bit more. They're going to do a lot of that internationally. And with the labor shortages, they have teamed up with DoorDash, which makes sense. They must have a, a, a kind of an exclusive contract with them, so they're not going to pay the absorbent third-party fees because you're just going to eat your margins up. So, yeah, they're they're going to open about 1,800 stores by the end of 2025. I'm still shocked that they are expanding as much as they are in the United States. They're looking at opening another 320 stores in the U.S. Look, the United States is aging, and as you age, the last thing I would think you'd want to do is eat pizza all the time. I mean, yeah, you're in your 20s, your 30s, you know, you're you're pounding the pizza pretty good, but you hit 40, 50, and beyond, I mean, you're not going to be eating pizza every, you know, that much. But then again, America's got a pretty bad problem with obesity. So there you go. Papa John's opening up 2,000 stores by the end of 2025. Now, this, uh, this article, I think, is a long time overdue. And I have to say, I've not checked out the fast casual chain yet, Sweet Green. There's some other ones up here that in Atlanta that I really like. We've got um, salad up uh, Salada. That one is so good. If you've not gone to Salada, that is a good one. I'm not sponsored to say that. That is a delicious place for salad. Anyway, Sweet Green is going to pilot a digital-only pickup location in Washington, D.C., and they'll no longer offer indoor seating. They're going to open up um, August 1st. To me, that's just the the biggest no-brainer in QSR. I have been waiting to see this. Of course, Chick-fil-A, they are the the big ones, you know, down here in the south along with McDonald's. I haven't seen seen them go in that direction. We have seen some of the double drive-throughs, but right now Sweet Green is going to be piloting the digital-only pickup. Now they're based out of LA. And let's see. Um the new unit will not have inside, not have an inside dining area or counter line. It will only have a pickup area and seating at an outdoor patio. So, I mean, on the one hand, that's going to reduce the need for staff, maybe. But it's basically the new reality look for food service. 
people just aren't dining in quite as much for the QSRs. It's kind of a take it and go, get as many people through, get that throughput going. So I'm not that surprised. I think we're going to be seeing more and more of that. They had an interesting stat, though, that uh, last year, 2021, 67% of their revenue came from digital orders. So you better have a pretty robust uh, e-com platform, and then you can take advantage of that trend. Because if it's happening for them, it's going to happen for others, and it is happening for others. Now, this news article really caught my eye, and I have to say, I, I think this is a fantastic idea. Chipotle launches a $50 million venture to invest strategically in aligned companies. So what does that mean? Well, they're going to go out and look through the value chain, the, the supply chain of all the companies and technologies that they could then use to better their business, to give a better consumer experience, to provide different types of technology, to make the experience better at Chipotle. That's just how much money these guys have. That's how much money they're making. They can actually carve out a $50 million venture fund and start providing, they're going to call it a Series B stage funding to help accelerate Chipotle's ability to run, they say, great restaurants, amplify technology and innovation, and advance the food with integrity mission. I think it's great because we're seeing so many food and beverage, food tech, Nutritech startups. So they can go out there. They can be looking at all the ones that are of interest to them that they think they want to bring in and start providing that seed money. I'll tell you, with all the brands that we talk to here on the podcast, they all are looking for money. That is what they need. Everyone is looking for funding. It's, it's what makes the world go around. So I got to applaud them. I think that is fantastic. So they're, they're investing in forward-thinking ventures that are looking to drive meaningful change at scale and help accelerate Chipotle's aggressive growth plan. So be interesting to see if they start publicizing who they're investing in. And if you're out there, I wonder if there's a way, kind of interesting, is there a way to, you know, contact them and start pitching to them, you know, like, like you do at Techstars, you, you get your pitch deck and you get out there and, and you see who you can get to, to, to fund you based on your, your pitch deck and who's on your board and what kind of expertise you have in that area. So that, that, that's pretty cool. Um, a couple other things that popped up on my radar that I, again, this makes sense. It kind of goes along with. What Sweetgreens is doing, uh, creating that different footprint, Outback is now going to be crafting smaller prototypes. As it uh, ramps up for future growth, they're shrinking the footprint of their restaurant. I haven't been to an Outback in a long, long time, but that for some reason they think that's going to aid their new business, uh, their their new unit development. They think that those improvements. Uh, plus what they've been doing over the past several, several years will enhance the customer experience, simplify execution, and capture the off-premises business that has strengthened the economic model. So there again, everything's going digital. They're changing the footprint. Not surprised. Wouldn't be surprised if we continue to see when new companies, uh, you know, these the kind of existing brands want to expand, they're going to use a different footprint, a different format to allow for more of that that digital customer to come in and out quite quickly. 
And the final article that has kind of caught my eye is restaurant consumers, customers are more environmentally conscious than ever. Now, this is not a, um, this is not really news per se. We're all kind of conscious of, you know, the waste that we're putting back out there. I, I personally, I hate it when I'm just given so much plastic. You know, I, I get one order, everything is plastic, plastic, plastic. There's got to be a better way. Consumers are really starting to pay more attention to that. And now there are studies out there that are showing that people are going to pay more for sustainable options. So now is the time to be presenting those ideas to the restaurants. Right. So 65% of the survey respondents said they find healthy, sustainable eating to be more expensive. But 43% say they are willing to pay more for takeaways in restaurants that have visible sustainability practices. So there you go. Yeah, sometimes it's going to cost a little bit more. People are willing to spend a little bit more. And which means that if you're an entrepreneur, you've got a tech solution, you've got a upcycle or a kind of a service reuse model, now is the time to be getting those into the restaurants because people are going to pay for it. They do see that. And frankly, it'll help your restaurant be a little more branded. Of course, your food's got to taste great, but that is a nice competitive advantage. And also, uh, along with that is they're really paying attention to uh, excessive food waste. Food waste is, I mean... When you think about how many resources are made or used to create food, just from you know water consumption, the amount of land, and then labor, shipping, gas, et cetera, et cetera, and then you've got this food that you don't eat and you throw it out, you know, it becomes kind of like wow, you know, that's kind of a waste. And so, what they're what what they're really honing in on is that. 73% of these survey respondents wanted more accurate portion sizes to avoid food waste. I mean, now I, as a restaurant, I don't know how I would manage that. I guess you just have to pay attention to, you know, average serving sizes, etc. I'll tell you one restaurant that was really egregious, I thought overserved quite a bit. That was um, the Cheesecake Factory. Haven't been in there a long time. I don't know if they've changed that, but I remember thinking, well, you could go in there and literally like split an entree, split a dessert with someone else because the portions were just so large. I mean, that'd be kind of an interesting, you know, option if you could uh, look at the restaurant uh, menu and, you know, small, medium, large. I mean, you can definitely order that in drinks. I wonder if they could get into something like that in, in food. Not sure. Um, I touched on this already, but people are very a conscious of sustainable packaging that is first and foremost i think in the mind of uh of folks that go to the restaurant those are a couple of the articles that kind of stood out to me this past week um if there's anything in particular that you're wanting me to look into leave a note uh here on linkedin i can do some more research and pull that up also if there's another brand that you'd like me to interview and find out more information about them, either a, a brand, a, you know, food or a functional beverage, definitely let me know. I'll go after them. I've got so many more podcasts coming up. I think I've, in the past two weeks, I've got about seven or eight that are already in the can that I'm waiting to edit and get out. So starting next week, 
probably going to see two or three podcasts hitting each week. Uh, there's just been so much demand, so much, um, so much great content coming. I don't want to wait and delay it any more than that. So that's it for the May 6th food and beverage report. You guys have a great rest of your day on Friday and enjoy your weekend. And we will see you with the next food and beverage report in June.